Hi, my name is Yemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, Yemi, we are unlocking wisdom through the book of Proverbs, and we are nearing to the end of our book where Proverbs compiles numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth and specifically concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. Now, today we will be focusing on the grind of displeasing God. This will be taken from Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19. And I will begin. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that demises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. A false witness who utters lies. And one who spreads strife among brothers. Amen. Amen. Well, this particular Proverbs, Yemi, um, I see it as a direct instruction for anything that will displease God. Now, it focuses primarily on lies, deceit. Um, uh, I, I look at it as adultery, murdering, evil, blasphemy, slander, anything, cattiness. And specifically, when it's mentioned that there are six things, but then God sees seven as abominations to him. That means that it's like disgusting to him. And these are things that as human beings, we are all guilty of. When they talk about haughty eyes and a lying tongue, haughtiness is is the way someone is looked down upon. Um, specifically, when you think of haughty eyes, first of all, in this proverb, it talks about the deceit that we will commit as human beings pretty much from head to toe. So when they specifically talk about eyes, they're talking from the top. They're talking from our head down to our feet. So when he mentioned the idea of the haughty eyes, it's specifically talking about the way someone looks at someone, looking down to someone, the lying tongue, making up things that are false accusations from someone. And then he goes straight to the hands. That's like the middle part of the body. When he talks about hands shedding innocent blood, you know, taking the life. I mean, God gave us, God made life. He took it as something important by creating Adam and creating a, a spouse for Adam and making us in his image. So that would be a 100% direct sin and an insult to God when you take an innocent life. Then he goes down to the heart where they talk about a heart that devises wicked plants. Now, of course, when you're devising wicked plans, it comes from your head. And then you start to now have all of that, not necessary guilt, but you start to build hatred with that resentment. And from that, it causes you to have evil or wicked plans. It comes from your heart. This is something that lays heavily with you. And then it goes down to the feet where it talks about feet that run rapidly to evil. Now, they're not necessarily specifically talking about running physically, but the idea of running is like so quick to go to something that is negative or something that is going to cause harm to someone else. And then now you come off of the body and go into actions where it talks about a false witness to utter lies. 
So making up stories, uh, you know, um, slandering, you know, causing, you know, someone to take them out of their character. And last but not least, spreading strife among brothers instead of bringing unity, but is now spreading things that is going to cause a disruption in the family. Yeah, when I um, read this and and the author, Charles uh, Swindle, talked about the eyes from the head all the way down to the feet, it kind of reminded me of the full armor of God. Okay. Because in essence, you want to protect yourself. You're doing battle, spiritual warfare every day. And let's think about these abominations as the attacks, because there's no one who isn't guilty of any of these things, right? <laughs> like, right. I, I know that I may be prideful at times. I know that, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a liar, but, you know, I may hide the truth a little bit here and there. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't shed innocent blood, but author talks about how we can develop that, mm. how our our, ang- our resentment turns to anger and it seeps into us and then we act on it. Think about the instances where we're just stewing on something or someone that has done us wrong and then we, we react so quickly, like we react violently to very minor situations. Like it, some of these things don't even happen overnight. They kind of progressively grow. So you may think like, oh, well, some of these things are an abomination, but I'm not there because you're not at the extreme. But the little you do, it creeps up and you become, you know, riddled with these aggressive attacks on humanity. And that's why we need to armor ourselves, right? Like we have the belt of truth. So that can counteract you speaking uh, uh, lies. You have the breastplate of righteousness protects your heart, protects your eyes, right? Like, you, you know, you're not even looking down on people because you're trying to, to, your focus on God's righteousness for you and in the, the gospel of peace, the shoes, right? Like you're protecting your feet. So you're not running rapidly towards evil helmet of salvation. Okay. Helmet co- covers your eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. The helmet of the salvation. And, and you know, the thing about it is like when you have pride, it's almost as like you haven't had a reality check I'll say. And I think when you live being grateful for your salvation, you've had your reality check, right? Because you like, but for the grace of God, there goes I, right? I say that all the time. And, you know, you give people a lot of grace because you know the salvation that you have. And then you, what else? You have the sword, which is the spirit of the word and the word of God. So, you know, you're, you're protecting your heart. You know, you're not being a false witness. You're not spreading strife. It's very interesting. Like the author doesn't mention the armor of God in this um, chapter, but I immediately thought about that in the description because we need to be protected because we can all fall prey to this, right? Like they, I think about things that I think that I'm better than people at. And I know like sometimes I have to say to myself, like there was a time where I didn't know anything because I think about how far I've come and I'm like, I didn't know this. Or if someone is making fun of someone for their inability, their their lack of knowledge. I'm like, listen, we were all green, right? Like I'm so quick to defend. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I think that it's a growth process. All of this requires us to grow out of because these are traps that the devil has laid for us. 
And the more that we do it, the more we excuse it, the less that we hear our conscious that tells us like, don't do this, don't do this. We become more evil, right? And there's evil in this world and now we're aligning with it. What are some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves? Well, um, I thank you for, you know, for, you know, making that point so clear because, you know, you did before even answering your question about the things that we need to do to protect ourselves. It's also understanding the things that we are doing so that we can acknowledge and take accountability for those things in order to protect ourselves. But what I wanted to focus on is that you made a point about the the lying, right? The you know, it, it does go a little further in Proverbs 12, um, verse 22, where it says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. And then it continues with 17, verse 7, excellent speech is not fitting for a fool, much less are lying lips to a prince. This idea of of deception and lying deceit, you know, even when you say, you know, sometimes we keep the full story from someone because of what we worry about, what their perception is of us and what they view us as. Omitting the truth is still a lie, even though you may not outwardly lie, but you're also still not being 100% transparent, right? So sometimes lying takes those forms. It's the falsehood about the past. You know, we try to skew it a little bit to change the people's perception of things, but then not all lies are big and bold. And then there's that second way where it misrepresents the present. So again, trying to, you know, be insincere about a particular thing, but maybe not feeling like you're outwardly lying, almost like there's levels. That's why the people call little lies, white lies, and then a really bad lie, like it's it's horrible. But then the third form of that deception would be, um, you know, concerning the future. So we talk about past, we talk about present, and we talk about future. So in knowing that you're doing that, the way to protect ourselves, and you you did, and it's interesting when you talked about the armor of God, you know, um, dealing with head to toe, there are certain things I think that we need to do to protect ourselves in this realm. And I think first of all is learn to love God. You know, I think first, if you can love God, then you will start to hear his word when you read it. It will start, Holy Spirit will start to resonate in, in you to make the right choices. Because what happens is that when you don't fear God and when you do something and don't have guilt, those are the things that make you continue to do the things and don't walk righteously. So it's about feeling the difference between right and wrong. And where does that come from? That comes from the seed that comes from the word. Oh yeah. I I think if we renew our minds daily on the word, we would probably be better off and we wouldn't have to fall prey into these kind of like abominations. And you know, like even if we do do these things occasionally, (laughs) we can repent. We can repent and we can try to be better. But sometimes I think what we expose ourselves to has a huge impact in what we say and do. Um, Sometimes like I have to, I have to remember like there's certain, I like reality television a lot. A lot, a lot. But there's certain reality TV that I can't watch because I think it's one, one, way too violent, 
Two, I don't like the way people treat each other. Three, it's very dark, right? I, I'm just like, like sometimes I'll watch a season and I was like, you know, I can't watch the rest of the season. Like these people are just really being really wicked because then you start to think that that's normal behavior. You become, you're desensitized to it. So you emulate. I remember there was a time where I used to say shady things all the time because I thought it was just as funny as a real housewife. And I had to make sure that I separated myself from that because all of these things grow, like you become desensitized to it. And so now you're, you're running, you know, not that you're running swiftly to like onto evil, but like these things grow into evil and malice. Your feet becomes engaged. Like think about people who see a fight and they start recording, recording it or running towards it. I know those are kids and they're, and they're childish, but you do that as a child, you grow up and you continue to do it. There's adults who will take out their camera when something bad is happening instead of saying, hey, 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 stop it. Hey, you know, like getting in between, like this is not right. There's plenty of people who are more preoccupied about being entertained by the nastiness and evilness of this world. You know, think about when you say something nasty about someone and I'm very guilty, I'm very guilty. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, people laugh. And so now you got laughs because now you're saying spiteful, evil words and, and this becomes our life, but we have to sanitize because, you know, the phrase that God doesn't like ugly, let's take it. God hates it when we do this. Mm-hmm. It is so distasteful to him. Mm-hmm. And if we want to please God, we have to try to avoid doing the things that are distasteful to him. Right, right, right. That's, that's really um, excellent to say because it says, and Charles Swindle really emphasizes the idea that deception is the chief weapon of Satan. Therefore, to lie is to imitate the devil. So doing things that are distasteful to God and not feeling remorse about it continues to lead you in that path of displeasing God, you know, and then performing ultimate sins because you know we also weigh sins, even though sin is a sin, but you weigh a sin. It's like hey, sin is not as bad as this sin. You know, <laughs> this lie is not as bad as cheating, or this cheating is not as bad as killing someone, but to God is all equal, you know. And you wonder with the way the human mind thinks and how sometimes we do things, you know, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, we're constantly displeasing God, but thank God we can ask for forgiveness. Thank God we have a moral compass to, to say, Hey, that wasn't right. I should apologize. I should repent. I should ask God for grace and mercy. So it's wonderful that we have that. Now you can't, you know, abuse and misuse it because again, God knows our heart. He knows that you're just coming to him because you're going to do it again. You know, so so it's all about, again, it, it, it surrounds the idea of being truthful. The true, the most true form of it is your transparency, is not hiding, is relinquishing all of those things. Like pride falls under that, for instance, right? If it's for yourself, you know, gain, then it's another form of deception. I mean, sometimes having pride is a good thing, like pride for your country and pride for your people and pride for your culture is not the same thing as the pride for when it comes to, you know, a a form of self-deception. So I think in this reading on the word, ingesting it, using it as our moral compass, having, you know, rebuking and using it to reteach and using it to to train, those are the things that are going to keep us in line with what God wants for us. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Now, I don't know if that's in the Bible, <laughs> but I know Lauren Hill said it in a song. <laughs> as you said, you, you when we're weighing sins, we're like, lying is not as bad as cheating. Cheating right. is not like I killed someone. But guess what? <laughs> It accumulates, it adds up. And the right. more you silence your conscience for the little things, the more willing you are to step into the bigger things. Lying, cheating is a form of lying, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. did a little lie and then you you kept doing lies because you got away with it. And now right. you become a cheater. And now right. you got to protect your secret. Would you kill to, to protect your secret? I mean, there are many people who are in prison now because they had an affair that ultimately led them to to either murder their spouse or murder they had an affair with, right? When they started their little lies about why they were staying out because they were going to the bar. Listen, I'm just, I'm exaggerating. I don't know what they were doing to start out, but when they started out with their little minor lies and they were like, at least I'm not cheating. And then they were flirting. And I was like, well, at least I didn't sleep with this person. And it ultimately led them when they are sitting in jail and they're thinking about like, how did I get here? Right. <laughs> with the little lies and you thought that it was okay. So everything increased and you thought that I was okay. You, you're you the one giving yourself a pass, not God. The <laughs> devil is the one telling you that's okay. You look around and maybe the people who you know are doing it and they got away with this so you think it's okay. There's a saying that says, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Who are, I always, I think about that. Like if you're easily passing the buck, like your friends are doing bad things and you're kind of like, oh, it's whatever. It's okay, right? Because you're not doing it. You're desensitized to it. Sooner or later, you're going to do it, right? Imagine like someone who's doing a little theft, right? Who's like, oh, it's okay. You know, we can do it, you know? Ask the people who are in prison for racketeering, Jen Shaw. I mean, like when she started, was she thinking about is that bad? Oh, I'm just skimming a little bit here and there. Like these people, they don't really need their money. I'm not technically doing anything illegal, but when you wanted more money and you had to start intimidating people and doing some wicked things, it just grew. So we got to be mindful of the very small things. In our daily lives, we have to ask God, we have to set our intentions for the day. Ask God to help us daily. Ask God to ask God for the Holy Spirit to convict us while we're out in the world, because it's easy for me to, to start off good and get into an argument with someone down the road. Um, I, I love the fact that you said it's those little things that build, because when you keep resentment in your clutches, it destroys you and sometimes destroys other people. So the fruit of hatred is actually murder, you know? So that's the reason why, you know, it starts off with the little lies and I would never do this and I would never do this. And then you're sitting in prison and you're like, oh my God, how did I get here? It's truly because it started off as a little seed and that fruit of hatred does become murder. And that's why when they talk about um, in this proverb, when it talks about the heart that devises wicked plans, it's saying it takes root in the heart. And then that wicked plan takes form and it takes a shape. And we don't think about how things become manifested, but that's why they do is because they start off in our head and then they start off in our mind and then we start to act upon it. And then next thing you know, you're sitting in prison, like we said. <laughs> so I think that that that's just an important thing to understand. It's important to renew your mind, like you mentioned, because when you're asking, you know, for conviction, 
that's a that's a prayer. You're trying to manifest that to make sure that it keeps you from going along this path of wickedness as opposed to holiness. Amen. That's a word. I mean, I think there's a lot of little things that we may be doing in our life right now that if we don't repent and and rebuke ourselves and say like, we're going to try and be better, like truly repent, be, you know, be accountable for it and try to change that we are going to head down the path of destruction. And I don't want that for any of us. I want I want all of us to be embracing the kingdom of heaven. I want us to to meet each other again in jubilation and a later in our in our next life. And so we need to hold each other accountable as well. Let's think about some of the the little things that we, we that we do that are no good that we can stop right now and we can try and work hard to get rid of it. I know there's some things that I I want to share, Philia. I I know there's probably some things that you do that you want to share, but we're gonna save that for the Alive. Yes, save it for the live because I want to hear what others have to say about, you know, displeasing God and trying to be on the right track of God. <laughs> mm-hmm. So stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the importance of fighting against displeasing God through the lens of Proverbs. We hope you enjoy the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast episode in this season of Unlocking Wisdom through the Book of Proverbs. We will also be hosting our next Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube tonight, November 29th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. Treading Faith is also our Instagram handle, so follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with the Treading Faith podcast. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm and where other podcasts are found. You can subscribe and share with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Guess what, fam? We are celebrating 100 podcast episodes. Yes, we hit this milestone on November 15th. Wow, this time is flying because we're having so much fun with you. And in honor of our 100th episode, And in honor of you, we are going to do a bit of Treading Faith trivia on our last live episode of the year, December 14th. There will be lots of laughs and a few prizes. You don't want to miss out. Speaking of our last Wisdom Wednesday live of the year, we will be taking a break until the new year and we are going to kick off 2024 right. We will begin a 40-day fast starting January 8th. We really hope you can participate. It will be our second corporate fast and I'm sure there will be breakthroughs. More information will be forthcoming. Also, we are building, growing, and expanding. And in an effort to expand our brand, we will be selling 2024 wall calendars curated by Treading Faith. It will be a monthly scripture-based calendar that we know you will enjoy. Contact Philia or myself or email treadingfaith at gmail.com for more information. Lastly, Don't forget to add another note to your faith box or jar. The faith box, what I'm calling God's good gifts, is a box or jar where we keep our weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimonies, or any good news. At the end of the year, you will review the contents to remind yourself and to have insight into God's presence in your life year-round. It's okay if you're not consistent weekly and it's not too late to start. Nothing is too big or too small to include. This is something 
personal for you. You can pop it open on the new year. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back for it. And because we also believe our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Father God, our heavenly father, our provider, our ruler, our leader, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We know that you are constantly teaching us the way to go, but sometimes, sometimes we are hard of hearing. Lord, Father God, when we stray from you, put us back on the right path. Let the Holy Spirit convict us so that we are not doing the things that are displeasing to you. We know that we are in this world, but we have to be reminded that we're not of this world. However, every day we leave, we need to put on the full armor of God so that we can protect ourselves from the things that are displeasing to you. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Father God, we pray against any part of us that exhibits haughty eyes. Lord, reveal to us any hidden arrogance and remove it immediately. Father, we pray against a lying tongue. Lord, Alert us to the destructive forces of our tongues and keep us from every form of lying. We pray against the hands that might shed innocent blood. Lord, direct us to wholesome and healthy ways to resolve and dissolve our anger. Keep us from the sin of shedding innocent blood. Father, help help us with our anger and our impatience so that it may not bubble up to the point where we seek violence first. We pray against a heart that devises wicked plans. Lord, cleanse our heart from any hurtful way. Remove every ugly thought or scheme that we may be pondering. We pray against the feet that run to evil. God, halt us in our tracks. If any which way we are going leads to displeasure of you. Put us on the path of righteousness and push us off the path of evil. We pray against being a false witness who utters lies. Lord, free us from whatever fears we have that we may be a witness to what is true and based on accurate facts. We pray against being the one who spreads strife amongst brothers. Lord, help us be peacemakers and not instigators. Father God, we know that you will protect us, guide us, and lead us. Philippians 4, 7 says that the peace of the God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we know that when we struggle every day against the schemes and the ways of the world, that with the armor and the knowledge of you, we can persevere and overcome, that the trials and tribulations are normal parts of our life. So you can produce in us perseverance, the ability to overcome. And if 
any way, oh Father God, that we are straying from the path, allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, to convict us daily and to create a heart in us that desires a closeness to you, that desires your word, your truth, your light, your salvation and your glory. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Finally, Father, Matthew 18, 19 says, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, that it will be done by our Father in heaven. So we collectively come into agreement for this prayer when we say amen, amen, in Jesus' name, amen again. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast episode. We hope to catch you on the live tonight. Bye.